after BRICS expansion and the African Union granted as a G20 permanent membership, how do you see the changing international landscape for the global south? Given uh, the developing world, really its first big overarching representative organization, it's been a long struggle because 1959 was the Bandung Conference where the idea was born. Um, but now it's arrived. Now, the structure of the international financial and economic system is under serious challenge, uh, including, of course, American and Western dominance within it. Uh, it doesn't mean that that's over, but it means that many things are going to be contested. I mean, you know, the world has been so unequal, so unrepresentative in terms of its organisations that a tiny fraction of humanity has run everything, basically. BRICS countries need to formulate uh, positions and so on, which they, as far as possible, can agree on. That is not a simple process, because BRICS, like ASEAN, works on a consensus principle and not a voting principle. Um, so there's a, lot of, uh, a, there's a lot of negotiation that's going to be involved in this, and it's extremely important that BRICS speaks together. How did geopolitics influence the way uh, that China is depicted in these developing countries? The populations of Western countries, like my own in Britain, basically look down on the developing countries as poorer, uh, as less developed, uh, and so on. And so they don't count. In the, in the mind, they don't count. Now, of course, the situation is changing now because China, when China you know, arrived on the scene first with Africa and then, of course, now in Belt and Road and so on. Then uh, China has uh, uh, changed the landscape of the developing world by, uh, you know, offering it uh, a, a way out, a, a, a path to development and ultimately prosperity. Uh, and that's incredibly important. Uh, and it shows the difference in the attitude, the magnanimous attitude and generous attitude uh, uh, and political attitude of China to the developing world in contrast to that in the West. Now, the West, what they, what's it going to do in response? Look, we're not, when we talk about what's the West's response going to be, we're talking already about 10 years. And the West has done precious little in 10 years in this respect. So it's been dragging its feet. So personally, I think it will do more, but I don't think the conviction is there. And I don't think the resources are there really beyond the point. Europe was a multipolar world before First World War. How can the current shift to the multipolar world avoid such tragedy? And how may the world order develop? About the present situation, look, it's a dangerous situation. There's no question about that. Because the United States does not want to relinquish its dominant position in the world to China. At the bottom of everything is that. And that is always dangerous because America is a very powerful country. Uh, it's very heavily armed. It's got a very strong economy. Uh, it's got, you know, it, its alliance system and so on. Uh, so these are, these are worrying times, I think. Um, uh, I don't think it means we're inevitably facing a war anyway. If we had a war, it would be probably a nuclear war in that situation, and it would probably be the last war. Mm -hmm. So we, at all costs, we have to avoid anything like that. The basic crisis of the global system is its unrepresentativity.
I mean, it represents the, you know, 10%, 12% of the world's population, and everyone else in, in varying degrees is excluded. So, um, so it, you know, when, 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 when countries blame China for being, you know, trying to uh, upset the system and so on, no, 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 that's not the reason. The reason is that the, the Western system no longer represents them well. That's the crisis. It's not the crisis. I mean, is the, the rise of the developing world a bad thing? No, of course not. We've got to see the changes in this context as across quite a, a wide area. For example, take the position of the dollar. Now, I don't expect the dollar to lose its reserve currency uh, position uh, imminently or perhaps in the near future, but it's weakening. Its position is weakening. We can see this, that it's being held in as a reserve currency now by about 57%, I think, something like that, uh, uh, which is a big decline over the last you know, uh, decade, two decades probably. Um, and that process will probably continue because uh, many of the developing countries and China and so on are talking about uh, in their bilateral trading relations settling in local currencies. That will, that will also weaken it. So I think you know, th this is a process. The, the, this is a very deep process going on. And the end of it has to be and will be some fundamental reforms. But when and how, you need a looking glass.